I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk about all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsible armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Hello everybody, this is Toby Leary and you're listening to Rapid Fire on 95.1 WXDK and I appreciate you tuning in and listening to us. We're glad you're here and it's the fastest hour in radio, that's why it's called Rapid Fire. I have one question, Keith says, any Tauruses left? Uh, that's a negative, so we sold out on those almost instantaneously. As some of you know, Massachusetts has graced us with a couple extra guns that we can now sell in the you know, great state of Massachusetts behind the enemy lines in the People's Republic, whatever cliche you want to put in front of that. But um, the bottom line is uh, Taurus has finally jumped into the arena, which I think is great. Um, I was never a big fan of their pistols before. And um, I got to say that this G3C is the model that we can sell. And I'm a fan. I'm a very big fan. We actually have one on the range for rent so if you want to try one out before you buy or before you plunk down money on a deposit you can go ahead and do that we have one for rent on the range um, range ammo is non-existent so if you have some nine mil bring a box with you but you can uh, try that taurus g3 compact out and i'm really uh i'm really happy with the way the gun performed i shot it the other day I used it in a private lesson, and the person using it uh, really enjoyed it, and so it worked out well there. So I'm, a, I'm, you know, I'd love to get more rounds downrange with it, but frankly, it's a great gun for the money. That's the way it, you know, that's what I would tell you if you came in to buy one. I would say it's a great gun for the money. How reliable is it over time? How rugged and, you know, is it going to hold up to rigorous testing? We'll see, but it has a couple features that you can't get on any other striker-fired guns, namely, or any Massachusetts-compliant ones except for one, uh, but namely it's got second strike ca strike capability. So if you have a hard military primer or a stubborn reload or something like that and you have a primer strike and the gun fails to fire, you can pull the trigger again and get another second strike in like a double-action mode. Um, so it'll restrike the the primer and it may or may not go off the second time if it's really a dud it's a dud but we sold through 30 of them in like a couple days uh, it was it was really fast so we have a hundred on order uh, so hopefully we'll see them come back in soon and back in stock soon and uh, that would be great so anyway I got some questions rolling in here uh, one from the website is um, you live in Rhode Island and you spend much of your time in Mass. Can I get a concealed carry in each state? Uh, Jeff, you can get a non-resident concealed carry license in Massachusetts. It's called the non-resident LTC, and you can get one. They are uh, 
not that difficult to get anymore. You've got to appear in person in Chelsea and you've got to take the Massachusetts uh, license to carry class. It used to be you had to renew it every year in person, but now it's the same amount of time as a regular license. So it's like five years based on um, based on when your birthday falls. So five years to your next birthday. So that's pretty much how it works out. So um, yeah, you can definitely get them. Uh, and I would highly recommend you do it if you spend a lot of time in Massachusetts because there's no other legal way to get um, a license. I mean, to carry a gun here in Massachusetts, you have to get your non-resident license to carry. What that does, though, is it brings up a new problem, and that is you can't buy a single box of ammo in Massachusetts with a non-resident license to carry. Go figure. It's ridiculous, but that's just the way the law is. If you have a license to carry, you can carry a gun concealed, but you can't buy a box of ammo. So, yeah, go, go figure. Um, someone else is asking if I saw that Fox Business report that Vista Outdoors has a one-year backlog on ammo, and I did, and hopefully their acquisition of Remington will help alleviate that a little bit. They're not firing up the presses yet. I know there's still some transition stuff happening, but um, we're hoping that once they get um, Remington rolling again you know full steam ahead that that'll free up some of their capabilities and if you're subscribed to our email list you will get the heads up on that if you're a member and you're subscribed to our email list so members get the heads up first that we have ammo in stock so anyway that's that's uh that's that and that's the complicated uh answer to a simple question <laughs> uh Kelly says, licensed but not a gun owner yet. It's a big decision. As a woman, I would like to know what type of gun I should purchase. My intent is to use it as protection of my home. How far away do you need uh, to be to ward off an intruder? All right, well, that's a multifaceted question, Kelly. And it is a big decision. And what type of gun should I purchase is a little bit subjective. So... The subjectivity of it is what fits your hand good, what um, caliber can you reasonably uh, shoot, do you want a long gun or a handgun? Uh, those are all the questions we would ask you if you came in for, uh, you know, to get fit for a gun, basically. And uh, we would recommend that you shoot them as well. So we have a bunch of rental guns on our range, and you could go out there and you could try before you buy, so to speak, on the most common guns that we have for sale. We do have the Taurus G3C that I was just talking about for rent on the range. We did dedicate one as a range gun, so you could try that. We also have most of the Smith & Wesson offerings. One of the companies that is shipping very frequently is Smith & Wesson. So we're getting weekly shipments from Smith & Wesson, and we have lots of guns on order with them. So uh, multiple multiple orders and we are getting uh, we are getting those regularly so to answer the what type of gun should I purchase that would have to you know we would have to work with you on that and your intent to use it as protection of your home would 
steer us into more of a full-size striker-fired 9mm handgun. And then we'll find one that fits your hand. Then we'll find one that we actually have in stock. So <laughs> that's the problem right now is some people are settling for guns that aren't the greatest gun for them to you know, have long-term just to have something. And ultimately, they'll trade it in or they'll they'll, you know, keep it as a secondary gun later down the road when uh, the gun they really want comes back in stock. If there's a gun that you want, you, you really should prepay for it right now or, you know, do a special order. And once it comes in, we'll be able to fulfill that order for you. Uh, Marg is asking, uh, greetings. I'm very concerned about the increased development of unregulated militias and vigilante groups stockpiling large numbers of weapons. There are abuses of our Second Amendment uh, and the growth of domestic terrorism and hate crimes could easily lead to restrictions that would threaten legitimate collectors and sportsmen. How do you think the gun business community can contribute to appropriate control of such groups? Wow, that's a complicated question, Marga. Um, and I believe that the gun you know, community or the Second Amendment is a right for all Americans. I don't believe anyone should be excluded except for violent felons, mentally ill, um, you know, those who've been adjudicated um, a harm to themselves or somebody else. So if you don't fall into those groups, quote unquote, then the Second Amendment is for you. Um, obviously, if you have evil intent on your mind, then that would be, you know, I would hope that you'd choose a different path. But frankly, the Second Amendment applies to all Americans. So I don't want to see any group controlled. Um, and we do advocate good and responsible gun ownership. We say don't make it worse for everybody else. That's why I don't advocate open carry because I don't like number one, I think it's a terrible idea tactically, even if your state allows you to do it. But number two, are you making things better for the rest of us? Or when you know, that family who's not a gun owner sees you at the Chipotle, you know, with your AR-15 slung around your back. Is that going to make it ultimately better for the rest of us in the Second Amendment community? So something to ponder, something to think about. And thanks for that question. You're listening to Rapid Fire. We'll be right back. Did you know anyone can get a gun license? guys and girls, and it only takes one class. You take your mass firearm safety course at Cape Gunworks. They even have live fire where you can actually shoot a gun. Then you use the certificate you get after the class to apply for your license. Cape Gunworks is a gun range with archery stuff and a wicked cool staff. So go to capegunworks.com and sign up for a license to carry class today. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks, Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. All right, welcome back, everyone. This is Toby Leary, your host of Rapid Fire here on WXDK. And 
We're going to get right back to your questions. Um, we have Bob who's chimed in that he is freshly out of Facebook jail and lively on the chat. And he's asking about Esther's buck on the wall and with an LOL, which is really funny. If you were watching, you'd see the big buck on the wall. And that's that's the buck I shot, Bob. As much as I'd love to give Esther the credit for it, it was not her. And uh, But we did have success when we were down in North Carolina last week. So it was awesome. We had a great time. Um, Esther is actually joining us in studio. So maybe we'll ask her how she what she thought of it and uh, how much fun she had. So Esther, are you there? Yes. All right. Welcome back. And um, last time we were you we had you on the show, uh, there was a question as to what your favorite gun is. And I kind of answered it for you, but I figured you should answer now and we'll see if the it's any different. So what is your favorite gun to shoot, Esther? Uh, the one that um, I shot the deer with. Okay, so that was a Remington Model 770 and 243 Winchester. So you liked that, you had fun shooting that, it wasn't too powerful for you. Or the one that I shot the pheasant with. Or the one you shot the pheasant with, which was a 20-gauge shotgun. So that's that's pretty much how I answered it. I said the 20-gauge shotgun, probably because she had killed a deer previously with that, and, and the, the uh, pheasant. So I figured that was it. So why don't you tell everybody how you did in, in uh, North Carolina? Did you end up getting anything going How there? we did. Dad always take uh, always gives me all the credit, but um, <laughs> it was him too. Um, we saw um, a little seven pointer, and it was huge. <laughs> Just kidding. Go ahead. And then, um, Dad, we um, we set up, and then Dad went three, two, one, and then we both shot at the same time. It just went right down. Yep, so. it did. And we shot about two inches apart from each other. That was yeah. a good, I think that was a good plan, especially since it was torrential downpour. Yeah, and when we, we got back down, it just started pouring. Yeah, so if we had to follow a blood trail, it would not have been a good thing. We ended up coming back with a cooler full of venison to feed the family with. So great job, Esther. That was your first rack buck. And um, it was awesome. We had a we had a great time. It was good time spent with you. And uh, so anyway, it was it was wonderful. We had a we had a good time together. And do you want to go hunting again sometime? Yes, we yeah? should go pheasant hunting this weekend. Yeah, we should go pheasant hunting this with weekend. Lola. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, honey, for joining us. And I'm giving everybody the update of our success down in North Carolina. So. Okay. All right. Back to your questions here, um, and uh, someone says they're trying to get their daughter in on Sunday and was looking at the small 22 with a bipod on the rack for her first few shots. Any chance there's one of those in the range to rent? Yes, there is. There is. What he's referring to is a Thompson Center Arms TCR 22 rifle, and we do have that on on the rental wall. So with a red dot sight, it's a very easy gun to shoot, and I think your daughter will love it. And I have a ton of those guns in stock. My ship just came in on the TCR-22s. And frankly, I love this gun because, number one, Magpul purposefully made a, a stock for it. So they have a purpose-built stock for it. Number two, it takes the uh, Ruger 1022 magazine 
and it's kind of based on the 1022 action. But then they did a bunch of good things. They milled the Picatinny rail right into the top of the receiver. There's nothing more I can't stand with the Ruger 1022 is the four little screws that you got to clamp down this little piece of weaver rail or pick rail to the top of the receiver when it should just be milled in because you're going to put a scope or a red dot on it for the most part. But if you buy the base model, the TCR22, it has a ghost ring rear sight and a fiber optic front sight. It has a threaded barrel. It's very lightweight and it's cheap. I think it's uh, right around 400 bucks with a red dot and a carry bag. So you can't beat that. I think it's 429. It's a great first gun and uh, based on the ever popular Ruger 1022, but they took a couple of liberties like, uh, oh, and the other feature um, that they kind of fixed about the 1022 is it has a bolt hold open feature on the last shot. So the bolt will stay back and let you know that the gun is empty and you can go ahead and reload. You don't have to go click on an empty chamber. So good evening, Toby. I finally made my first trip to your store after six month process to get my LTC. Great store, super staff. I'll be back. Well, thank you for making it in. Um, hopefully, Lawrence, if you traveled far, uh, you know, it was worth the trip. So we're glad, we're glad to hear that you'll be back. So, um, yeah, and someone's commenting on what I said before the break, which is there are a lot of things that you can legally do that still aren't a good idea, which I would agree. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And, uh, so, um, yeah, I, I get asked that question a lot. And a lot of my friends who live in free states that you know, say they're going to be a new gun owner, they'll say, hey, we're an open carry state. I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, as long as you're in the woods or in the back country and people are used to seeing it, it's probably not a problem. But if, you know, you're in an urban area and you're open carrying, number one, you're just calling attention to yourself. Number two, you're, you know, if there is going to be some sort of spree killer, crazy man on the, on the loose, you're just saying, shoot me first. And number three, I still don't think you're winning people over with your, um, you know, your tactics. So there's that. But anyway, um, yeah, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Uh, can I talk about 80% lowers on the Internet and the ability to create a legal rifle in Massachusetts? Is that even possible or the creation of a registered uh, firearm using a blank that shoots 223 or 556. Uh, I'm not sure exactly about the second part of that question, but Brian, can I talk about 80% lowers? Yeah, you can buy them and you can own them. And the question is, can you build them? And m most of my lawyer friends say no. I don't play a good lawyer on TV, so I don't necessarily give legal advice on what I think or my opinion is on that. So I would say defer to your counsel as to whether or not you can build a 80% or into a gun legally. I don't know. But we do sell a fixed mag lower here at the shop, and you can build a mass legal AR-15 with that fixed mag lower. Uh, because it can't be considered an assault weapon if the magazine doesn't detach from the gun. So there you go. Um, you, you know, that's what I would recommend you do rather than build a 80% lower and be in some gray area. Uh, or bite the bullet and buy a pre-ban. And uh, that's, 
really what it comes down to. Or there's some great alternatives. By the way, after the break, I'll give you guys a heads up as to what's inbound. So once again, you're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and thanks for listening. We'll be right back. know anyone can get a gun license guys and girls and it only takes one class you take your mass firearm safety course at cape gunworks they even have live fire where you can actually shoot a gun then you use the certificate you get after the class to apply for your license cape gunworks is a gun range with archery stuff and a wicked cool staff so go to capegunworks.com and sign up for a license to carry class today Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. All right, welcome back. This is Toby Leary here from Cape Gunworks, and you're listening to Rapid Fire. And before the break, I teased out how we have some inbound guns. They're not here yet, and our first batch was a great success. And this is kind of right on the heels of what we were just talking about before the break, which is can you build an 80%er or pre-ban AR-15 or whatnot, but... This gun, I believe, is a great alternative without a major compromise to uh, you know, your capabilities with the rifle. So it is a semi-automatic detachable magazine rifle that takes AR-15 mags. So if you buy pre-bands, you'll have access to high cap pre-band mags. But this rifle is called the Robinson Armament XCR-L and XCR-M. The XCR-L is the uh, light version. It's the 556, 223, 300 blackout. They also make it in 762 by 39. They make it in 65 Grendel and 6.8 SPC. And, oh no, I'm sorry, not 6.8. They make it in 224 Valkyrie. And uh, so those are all, you know, the L platform. And then there's the XCRM, which is the 308 and 65 uh, Creedmoor. 260 Remington and 243 Winchester. So these rifles are phenomenal guns. We had nothing but rave reviews of the people who bought the first batch, and it was great. So uh, we have a bunch of those coming in. I think I have 24 on this next shipment. Those should be here in the next week or so. So if you guys are looking for a a good alternative to the AR-15, this has a non-reciprocating bolt. It's actually very similar to the SCAR uh, in style and look. It has a, st- a metal stock, though not a plastic, not the UGG boot stock that you see on the FN Scars, um, which, by the way, is a phenomenal gun. I'm not belittling that gun. It does look like an UGG boot, though. you gotta you got to look at that. <laughs> and uh, so, anyway, the uh, Robinson Armament XCR-L is a phenomenal gun. 
takes you know detachable magazines ar-15 mags comes with backup iron sights comes in m lock or m uh m lock or key mod hand guards and uh yeah so it, it's it's just great so bob's asking if we have to pin the stock on the robinson and of course we do because Afghanistan. so we are in massachusetts and um the the problem is we're still operating under the 94 assault weapons ban so if any semi-automatic rifle with a detachable magazine has more than two evil features, then it's prohibited. That's just the, the way it is. So we see all these new guns that come out like SIG MCXs, SIG Rattlers, and the you know Q Honey Badger, and which I have here in the shop. Um, I have all kinds of fun guns, but none that I, those I can't sell, unfortunately. But it's... The bottom line is it can't have more than two evil features. What's an evil feature, you ask? Well, according to Diane Feinstein from back in the 94 assault weapons ban, it was um, it was a bayonet lug, a threaded barrel, a pistol grip, a detachable magazine, a collapsing stock, a foldable stock. Um, what else am I forgetting? That's pretty much it. So... Um, no, that was the assault weapons ban on the pistol side. So the pistol side, it was it couldn't have a shroud that protected the barrel and kept you from getting your hand burnt. It couldn't have a detachable magazine outside of the, well, it could, but it, it couldn't have more than two. And outside of the pistol grip, it, it couldn't weigh more than 49 ounces, all that stuff. So anyway, so because we live in the, in a, you know, restrictive state, you can't have those quote unquote evil features. Those technically under the old federal assault weapons ban classified these guns as assault weapons. So if they had two or more of those features, they were considered an assault weapon. So even though a mini 14 with like a sporterized stock has the same exact capability as an AR-15, one looks a little different and one has some cosmetic features and the stock folds and collapses on an AR-15. Uh, well, it doesn't fold, but it collapses. So therefore, it's, you know, you, it makes it an assault weapon. So even though the gun that shoots the same thing and it does the same thing isn't an assault weapon. So it's when politicians make laws who don't know a thing about guns and they just, the, the black scary is what, scares everybody you know especially politicians so there you have it can i recommend a do-all shotgun for deer birds and play with clay that's a great question and i think you're on the right track and i do have more benelli's in stock um i would get the super black eagle is a phenomenal gun for just a good all-around versatile gun you can use it for buckshot or slugs or um you can use it for clay targets and bird hunting and waterfowl and the super black eagle too with the three and a half inch chamber is awesome so i would recommend that it's a phenomenal gun um they're a not a price point gun but they are a good long term you know awesome gun for uh you know good quality and so yeah uh someone's saying that you know getting a kid interested in guns with a bolt action is a good way to go and i couldn't agree more having a good bolt action 22 is a lot of fun i have a bunch of those in stock as well and that is a great way to teach you know single shot discipline really the fundamentals of shooting before just ripping off a bunch of rounds um, 
with a semi-auto, but uh, yeah, it depends how old the kid is too. If the kid's six or seven, I would definitely start them with a bolt action single shot. But if you're going to, you know, a teenager or something like that, that, you know, wants to end up shooting uh, for fun and, you know, that single shot 22 bolt action will get boring pretty quick. So a semi-automatic is fine. Hey, I'm, I tell you, one of the my first guns was a uh, lever action 22, and boy, I, I was actually kind of disappointed I bought the gun when I left the gun store, and I was like, ah, this is silly. I shouldn't have bought this thing. Um, then I took it down to the range, and I had a ball. I had so much fun shooting that 22 lever action, and I set up some cans on some sawhorses and just was plinking around then making those cans walk all the way down range. I don't think any of that's legal anymore. Uh, but if you have some, uh, uh, you know, at most gun clubs, you know, you can't really throw targets on the ground anymore. But at the time you could. And some gun clubs are putting up like 22 plinker ranges with lots of steel and little spinners and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, a ton of fun. 22s are great. So I would recommend, you know, depending on the age of the kid, you could just, you could just, uh, you know, get them the appropriate gun for their age. So, yeah. Um, hey, Pascal, how are you? Does the MP17 pistol brace for a flux defense, does that apply to the MP? Uh, so I think you mean the M17 from SIG. Uh, no, it doesn't. And we do sell the CAA kind of folding, collapsible, whatever, arm brace stocks for pistols here in the shop. And because it's just a temporary thing, it's not like the gun hasn't changed. The gun drops in those CAA little module that the gun goes in. Now it has a pistol brace on it, so you could shoot it with one hand if, uh, you know, but it also gives it a little bit more heft and some attachment points. It's not really changing the intent of the gun, so I would definitely say you're good to go with any of those aftermarket add-ons. So, By the way, we are in the market for purchasing guns. If you know anyone with a large collection or just want to get rid of some guns, we're happy to buy them. We, we would love to um, take the guns that you know are in the back of your safe and in the not, not necessarily uh, being shot and you're not really a collector, then you'll want you'll to bring them in and we'll turn your turn your trash into cash so <laughs> do we have Benelli's in stock the M4 maybe <laughs> Francie I wish I wish we did but actually it's funny you say that I do actually have two M4s in stock but they are registered short-barreled shotguns and I can do one of two things with them we could do the NFA paperwork and sell you a short-barreled shotgun or we can <clears throat> excuse me take them off the NR NFA registry and convert them back to a regular non-title titled weapon so uh, then it would just be a regular M4 but I would have to buy the the 18 and a half inch barrels for those so if you want to see one when you come in come on in and ask to take a look at it they're not out on the rack so you have to have this insider knowledge you'll have to have watched or listen to rapid fire in order to know that we have those Benelli M4 SBSs in stock. So, do you have to pin the muzzle brake of a pinned mag? Absolutely not, Connor. Maybe we can address that after the break. So, thanks for tuning in. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire, and I'm Toby Lee. Thank you.
you know anyone can get a gun license? Guys and girls, and it only takes one class. You take your mass firearm safety course at Cape Gunworks. They even have live fire where you can actually shoot a gun. Then you use the certificate you get after the class to apply for your license. Cape Gunworks is a gun range with archery stuff and a wicked cool staff. So go to capegunworks.com and sign up for a license to carry class today. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road Hyannis or capegunworks.com. All right, welcome back, and I want to thank our sponsor there, Cape Gunworks, who is <laughs> doing nonstop ads today. This is going to soon change as we've started reaching out to some of our advertisers and uh, some of our vendors to advertise on the show. So if you are a local business and you want to be advertised on our show, Rapid Fire, you can go to capegunworks.com and you can click on Rapid Fire and use the form to contact us. And um, so. If you want to be a part of the conversation, you can also go on capegunworks.com and, and ask your question on that rapid fire, uh, you know, tab. So, or just follow us on social media and, and follow us live when we're recording and be happy to get you on there. So, uh, appreciate you tuning back in. Um, before we left for the break, Connor asked, do we have to pin the muzzle brake of a pinned mag? And that's a very good question because it has a fixed magazine and it is not considered an assault weapon then guess what you can have all the evil features you want you can have the pistol grip the folding stock the collapsible stock the muzzle brake the i mean the flash hider the threaded barrel the bayonet lug you can have all those things so um i think that's one of the big benefits to having the fixed mag there's a couple downfalls to having a fixed mag namely clearing malfunctions but you, if you get good with those Mean Arms MA loaders, you can actually load it pretty quickly. I have it to the point, and I've only done it a half dozen times, but um, I have it to the point where it's not much longer than a regular mag change. So I can pull that Mean Arms MA loader out with my right hand, slam it into the ejection port, and brrr, 10 rounds go right down into the magazine. And uh, then you're back on target. When you pull the Mean Arms MA loader out, the bolt automatically goes forward. So it does change some of the techniques you're going to have as far as your traditional uh, manipulation of the weapon. But I think that's okay because you're doing a workaround. So Alan's asking, how long is a backlog for a 365 in my store? And that's a good question. We just had a bunch come in about uh, two weeks ago. And so I would say, again, your best bet is if you want one, you want to make sure you get one of the next one that comes in is to do a special order and you know put some money down on it because otherwise uh you're you're just going to be waiting until they actually hit the case and that could take forever so you don't want to you don't want to wait on that you want to just go ahead and um put some money down and then once that special order is in the system and we receive guns the first people to get them are those who have the special order so 
that'll really guarantee you get it. So that's what I wouldn't, you know, would do, Alan. I wouldn't wait. So, um, and how would Winchester Super Clean 9mm work with it? You like to avoid lead as much as possible. Uh, there's a bunch of different lead-free or Ballista Clean or that Winchester Super Clean or leadless ammo. But remember, there's not, it's not just the, the bullet that has lead. It's actually also in the primer. So if you buy a clean ammo like um, that Winchester Super Clean or the Remington, uh, you know, Ballista Clean or whatever, you you actually a lot of them have leadless primers as well as a composite bullet or a fully encapsulated lead bullet. So some of them say lead free. There's actually lead in the bullet, but it's completely encapsulated with copper jacket instead of the back of the bullet being open and exposing the lead. But um, one thing I would say is if you are shooting on our range or in a range that's really uh, a state-of-the-art like filtration system you don't have to worry about it too too much because the filter is pulling the air straight away from your face it's called a laminar airflow so there's 80 uh, 70 to 80 feet per second the airflow is moving away from the shooter downrange in a curtain of air so it's the same rate at the top of the booth as it is at the floor it is as it is from wall to wall so it's basically a curtain of air and then it's going through a, a two phase filter the last filter being a HEPA and returning the air back to the to the range I did a private today and um, when we go down range and do a private lesson we take our mask off because there's no way to you know safely shoot the gun with fogged up glasses when we're doing a little bit more dynamic drills than just standing in a booth and punching holes in a paper so we take our masks off and i talk about our our state-of-the-art filtration system and we say like hey this is kind of like being in a uh, an operating room really it's the same technology the some of the same equipment that's used on our building is used in operating rooms and so that final stage of filtration filters the air down to this the smallest of micron and the air coming in the building is actually cleaner than the air outside so that's a pretty fun little fact that <laughs> you're breathing fresh air at Cape Gunworks and on the range so not all ranges are like that, though. I've been in somewhere I've wanted to wear a respirator and a Scott pack, you know. So anyway, Matt says, any expected shipments of the Mossberg retrograde series of shotguns once the dust settles on 2020? Absolutely. I have a bunch of those on order. Um, we haven't seen much from Mossberg lately, and we're hoping they'll start to get caught up. So, um, wow, someone's saying, uh, Pascal's saying that, he went to uh, an outdoor shooting range last week and inhaled way more stuff than at the indoor range. So I guess, you know, depending on which way the wind is blowing, I can see that, you know, you could be getting wind blowing that gas back in your face. So um, that's that's pretty cool. And someone's asking, can I purchase a used Glock from a store if you're not law enforcement? This is a great question, and we get this question all the time. So if you find a Glock in a store, like my store, for instance, chances are it is a Gen 2 or earlier, Gen 1 or 2 Glock pistol. In some cases, it's a, it's a uh, Gen 3 
or even a two and a half, believe it or not, they made a two and a half for a while. Um, but those are made prior to that date when Tom Riley banned them in Massachusetts, which was in 98. So as long as it's pre-98, you can, uh, we can sell them, the Gen 2 or earlier, or the 2.5 or in some cases a Gen 3. Very rare do we find a Gen 3 that's actually mass compliant, but we do. So as long as they were made prior to that Band-Aid, then we can sell them. If there's a modern gun like a Gen 4 or Gen 5, there's absolutely no law that says you can't own it, just that Cape Gunworks can't sell it. And it's not even a law, it's a mass regulation, and it's the Attorney General's regulation. So uh, once again, they came up with this back in 98 under the Consumer Protection Act, and they, they said guns have to have s certain safety features in order to be sold in Massachusetts or else... Uh, we deem them unsafe uh, for the population to to acquire. So that's the problem is when politicians deem what's safe for us to uh, to you know have and own, tyranny is afoot. So that's really what it comes down to. Uh, Glock pistols and AR-15s are kind of a big deal in this country. Like. They are, I, I've always nicknamed AR as America's rifle because it is the number one selling rifle, really. I mean, and the Glock, Glock is used by like 65% of all police departments. Do you think Glock, uh, police departments would use a Glock pistol if it was really unsafe? Of course not. Of course not. So if that's the case, it's just a backdoor gun ban which it is, and it should be challenged in court. Hopefully it will be soon, and we would love to see, um, we would love to see that overturned so we could sell Glocks and AR-15s and, you know, whatnot. Two separate lawsuits there, but, um, so I hate to say it, but there's no law that says you can't own a Glock in Massachusetts. So if you find one on a secondary market, you buy one off a buddy, you buy one from someone who moved here from out of state, uh, you know, a cop decides he wants to sell his that he was able to buy at a licensed gun shop. That's all 100% legal. So not a problem. You can do it and you can own it. I get people coming in all the time with some guns. They're like, oh, I got to get rid of this gun. It's not mass compliant. And I'm like, Wait, what are you talking about? Oh, well, it's not on the EOPS list. I can't own it. Uh, actually, you can. There's no law that says you can't own that gun unless it violates the assault weapons ban. But, yeah, so go figure. So keep your guns. You don't have anything to worry about. And uh, we'll help you with any of those type of questions as you, you know, if you have them. So, all right, we'll be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. This is Toby Leary. Thanks so much. know anyone can get a gun license guys and girls and it only takes one class you take your mass firearm safety course at cape gunworks they even have live fire where you can actually shoot a gun then you use the certificate you get after the class to apply for your license cape gunworks is a gun range with archery stuff and a wicked cool staff 
So go to CapeGunWorks.com and sign up for a license to carry class today. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. All right, welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. This is 95.1 WXTK. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and you're listening to Rapid Fire. And once again, the rapid fire has gone quick. So uh, we love talking guns, Second Amendment, self-defense, you know, any of the issues of the day uh, with around the Second Amendment discussion. And uh, so we love answering your questions. And Jumping right back on it, Eric says, were we aware that Nantucket PD is no longer processing applications due to COVID? And I was not personally aware, but the fact that Eric, who happens to work here, asked the question means we were uh, aware of it. So (laughs) uh, I'm using we like we're French here, but uh, no, it's it's a uh, disturbing thing that you know, our constitutional rights can be put on hold. And that is the flaw in the whole license to carry system. As soon as government is the authority, especially local government uh, uh, by a police department is the sole issuing authority and the sole uh, arbiter of whether or not we can exercise our second amendment, then they can come up with a, a bunch of reasons as to why they don't have to play games or play ball you know and issue the license so because of our state law being um such that we can't possess guns without a license issued by the state um, they have argued that they're not violating our second amendment rights because ultimately you go through the process you can get them but then what about if they don't allow the process to happen and i don't care if it's an hour delay they're still denying me my civil rights as an American and or a resident alien. Because believe it or not, the rights that we afford our citizens are also extended to resident aliens, which I've always found fascinating. So if you live here, but you're from another country, guess what? You can own guns. It's pretty amazing. So I I, uh, I would say that if you're going to de- delay that by even an hour you're technically denying them their Second Amendment rights under the Constitution. And frankly, that needs to stop and that needs to end. Um, that's one of the lawsuits we were a part of during this first COVID shutdown. And we challenged Baker's ability to shut down gun stores as a, uh, you know, precaution, if you will, or a uh, you know, non-essential business and allow other essential, quote-unquote, essential businesses like liquor stores and medical marijuana dispensaries and big box stores to continue to be open. And so uh, we know shutdowns are coming here and uh, they're starting to fire up left and right. 
and there's this whole wave of them happening throughout the country, even to the point where people, people they're saying people can't have Thanksgiving, you know, suspend Thanksgiving, suspend Christmas, suspend, uh, you know, Hanukkah and your holidays. Don't get together with family unless they live in your house or live in your immediate family, which is crazy. I mean, you know, human interaction is part of um, a mental health thing. If you isolate and you don't ever extend to your family and, and you know, see each other, you're ultimately isolating yourself uh, from society and from your core group of people. You, you know, that can affect you long term. So I would say be careful of that. And, uh, you know, I think I'd rather risk a little, ex- I'd rather risk exposure. Obviously, protect those who are at risk, the, the, those who are sick and those who are elderly. Yeah, do the right thing and protect them. I'm just saying how I feel. I'm not saying, you know, anyone listens to me or cares what I have to say about that. And I'm sick of hearing about the corona stuff to, to begin with. So that's, uh, that's that. But anyway, what's my take on the story uh, of the SIG 320 accidentally self-firing? Um, honestly, I have been so crazy busy, I haven't really dove deep into that and seen what has caused it. I know the initial ones had some issues with the trigger, the weight of the trigger. And uh, when you dropped the gun on the back of the beaver tail, uh, it would the weight of the trigger through inertia would cause the gun to discharge. They ended up changing the trigger out, and it seemed to have solved that problem. I personally wish that the SIG 320 would put some sort of trigger safety on the gun, either like a uh, M&P or a Glock style trigger safety with a blade or a hinged trigger so that it can't be pulled back unless your finger's all the way on it. And then if it was dropped, it'll it'll hit that safety and not discharge. But I don't know if it's the same issue right now or not. I'd have to dive a little bit deeper in on that subject. So um, is the Smith & Wesson 9mm shield easy without thumb safety a bad choice for concealed carry? No, Paul, I think that's a phenomenal choice for concealed carry. I actually like the no thumb safety version a lot better than the thumb safety version. So when you have a defensive tool, if you're going to commit to training a whole lot more on a gun with a thumb safety, okay, cool. But you're going to have to put probably three to four times the amount of work into a gun with a thumb safety as you would on a gun with a, without a thumb safety. That gun has a grip safety so that if you do not have um, your hand all the way on the gun, you won't be able to pull the trigger. It also has that same type of uh, situation on the internals. It is a hammer-fired gun that looks like a striker-fired gun, but I, I think the gun is a great gun, and I would highly recommend it in a non-thumb safety configuration. Um, so, yeah, it's a great choice for concealed carry. Do we have a good amount of handguns at the shop? You got your license a week ago, and every shop you have is almost down to nothing. For looking for an M&P Shield 2.0, well, if you come in, I would say call ahead of time if you're traveling far and find out what we have. It is a volatile situation, and it changes daily. But we also get shipments every day, and Smith & Wesson M&P Shield is one that we get very regularly. And again, you can prepay or put a deposit down and get one on special order so you get the next one. So 
Have we considered adding a shotgun or two to our rental wall at the range? It would be great to be able to try one out. Yes, we have. We have, um, we've had several shotguns on our rental range and the semi-automatics, because of the amount of use that they get, it just, they break down pretty quick. So uh, we've gone through a pretty good amount of semi-automatic 12-gauge shotguns. They take a beating and uh, even with routine maintenance, they still get beat down pretty, you know, they get thousands and thousands of rounds on them. So um, right now we're thinking about putting out one of those Benelli M4 short-barreled shotguns for rent and uh, that'll probably be the way we go for a next one. But the problem with that is people shoot it, like it, want it, and can't get it. So I hate putting stuff out that you can't get. So anyway, that's that's the way it is. Um, Bob, Paul is replying and saying it depends. His opinion is a good choice for concealed carry is a double action trigger is the safety. Sometimes your safety can be your worst enemy in a defensive situation, which I agree. So um, that's why I would, um, oh, that was Bob replying to Paul. So I've been on the training range with people who've carried guns with uh, safeties for decades and watched them draw from holster, drive out on target and pull the trigger and nothing happens and their head kind of slinks down like, oh, and then they click off the safety and shoot. So that's from people who have carried that gun for a decade, but yet haven't committed to training with it. So if you commit to, you know, I had a private lesson today, and it was a guy with a SIG 320 compact with a manual thumb safety. And I said, here's the deal. Whenever we're doing training on a gun with, with a safety, you're going to use that safety. So you drive out, safety comes off, fire your string of fire, come back in, your safety goes on. And uh, so he he was like, but I don't use the safety. And I said, precisely why you're going to use it in training. But I don't use the safety. I said, that's exactly why you're going to use it in training. If the safety inadvertently gets uh, pushed on while you're carrying it throughout your day or coming out of the biometric safe or out of your holster or something and you point the gun out and pull the trigger when you actually really need to use it nothing's going to happen so if you have in your muscle memory to actually use the safety every time and then you're using a gun that doesn't have a safety no big deal or if your safety's already off no big deal no harm no foul but when you're on the training range in defensive firearms training use the safety every time Get that into your muscle memory, and written into the fiber of your code up in your, you know, the myelin of your synapsis of your brain. So, so you can, you know, bypass that long track, the cognitive processing of, you, you don't have to think about it, you just do it. So that's what we recommend through frequent and realistic training. You can use the power of recognition to respond more efficiently during a dynamic critical critical incident it's called the warrior expert theory and we subscribe to it here at cape gunworks and we recommend you train hard and often in as much context as possible in a realistic environment don't just come put a target up blow off 50 rounds and leave make your training sessions worthwhile and as realistic as possible so there you have it folks 
another show in the books. It is the quickest show on radio called Rapid Fire. And we don't even have that many breaks. And so if you want to join the conversation, go to capegunworks.com. You can like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Parlor now, Facebook, all the big tech giants, and the new ones that allow free speech to be told without algorithms and spoken without censorship. So we will be putting more content out on Parlor. So there's that as well. And join that conversation and come on in and see us. And we'd love to see you guys soon and often. And uh, don't forget to uh, tune in next week. 95.1, same bat time, same bat channel. Rapid Fire with Toby Leary. Thank you.